the school is out. Which means it's time for Hot Kids. This is Hot Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I am 12 years old. Coming up on this Hot Kids show today, I got Jermaine and she's a journalist. Also on the show, I have a Hot Kids riddle to challenge your thinking. And I also have a general knowledge question to challenge your brain. Here are the details if you have any questions for my guest or you want to answer the general knowledge question or you just want to say hi. SMS the number 34519. It will charge you one rand fifty, and Or you can send me a WhatsApp on 062-148-2374. Please sign your name. We have an exciting show for you on Car Kids. I will be talking to Jermaine, the journalist. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is High Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Abby Feldman. I'm 12 years old. have my guest Jermaine here. She's a journalist. Hi, Jermaine. How are you? Hi, Abby. I'm good, thank you, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. For Before we start, can you tell us what is a journalist? So... I think a journalist has a couple of, of, of roles um, within the job description. At the end of the day, it's really about storytelling to me. Um, so it's it's keeping people informed, making sure that the public is aware of, of what ha- is happening out there. I think our society can only really function properly um, and make proper decisions if they're informed. And that's a really important part of, of what we as, as journalists do. So what we do is we gather news, we gather stories, we hunt those stories, we follow up on the different leads and the different angles, we conduct interviews, and also if there's one specific story, you look at the bigger issues surrounding that story. Um, I think journalists also have a role as a, as a watchdog in society where, where it's our job to kind of keep the officials in check and, and make sure that everything in society is working and when it isn't, it's our job to point that out. So there's a lot of, actually a lot of commitment going on to follow through a story and all of that. No, absolutely. Um, once, once you've started on a story, you absolutely have to own it. Um, it becomes yours. Journalism isn't a, a nine to five office job. It's, it's something, it's, it's a lot more of a calling than it really is a job. Mm-hmm. Because if you get a telephone call at 11 o'clock at night saying that something is happening, um, you know, you got to follow that up. You've got to yeah. make people make people aware of it. Um, everything you do, you've got to do. Your your reporting needs to be accurate. It needs to be fair. It needs to be quick, because mm. that's the thing about news as well. The word kind of says it's it's new. So if something is happening today, you can't only follow up on it tomorrow, yeah. because then it's an old story. Yeah. How did you become a journalist? Oh, um, I'd like to say that it it was never really what I wanted to do, but um. Both my parents are journalists, so mm-hmm. as much as, as as I always try to avoid it and try to do anything else, it was just absolutely in my blood, and I couldn't escape it. Mm-hmm. No matter what I, what I ended up doing, I ended up telling stories. Mm-hmm. So I actually started working for our community papers when I was still at school. I was in grade nine at the time. I was 14 years old, mm-hmm. and... Um, the school made me go to all of these events like sports days and community days and stuff like that. And I figured, well, while I'm here, I might as well take photos and I might as well start writing about it and I might as well earn some money from it. So I approached the local newspapers and I started for writing for them. And I picked up my pen at the age of 14 and I haven't put it down since. 
Um, and what do you love most about this job? Oh, I think the fact that I'm an adrenaline junkie. Um, I, I, I like the chase of a story, but I also like, I like the fact that we make a difference. Um, journalism is one of the, one of the careers and one of the professions where you can actually follow through, um, where you can see a problem in the world, where you can follow it through, where you can hold people accountable, and where at the end of the day, you can see a change. You can see the effect that, that your words, that your story, um, has had. And you can actually allow people to tell their own stories in their own voices and give them a platform. You, you give a voice to the voices. You give a platform for people to st- tell their stories, to be heard, and for real change to take place. Um, what type of stories do you cover as a journalist? Oh. It's a little bit of everything, really. Um, I mean, I've been at court cases. I've covered, um, you know, conservation stories. I've re- I recently went to Nisna after the fires to have a look at what was happening there and, and to, to get a feel of the community. Um, a lot of empowerment stories. We, we cover issues. Um, and, and also, you know, especially in South Africa, we've got a lot of protests. We've got a lot of marches taking place. So... There, there really is, is such a vast array of things to cover. And as a journalist, you get to do a little bit of everything, which makes it so exciting because no day is ever the same as the previous mm-hmm. one. And you've been to a lot of places and done a lot of things. And I've assumed you've met a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So what is the weirdest question you've been asked? Oh, goodness. Um, I've, I've met a lot of people. We've gone a lot of places. I mean, I, like I said, I think mm-hmm. that's what makes everything so interesting. I remember one of the strangest things that ever happened was I was busy with an interview because mm-hmm. as we, um, as I worked, I worked um, in the Johannesburg newsroom at the SABC. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I would go out on stories. I would file sound for the bulletins every hour on the hour, short 30 seconds pieces. Mm-hmm. I'd come back, I'd do a longer piece, maybe four or five minutes for radio. But then I'd also have to do live questions and answers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the presenters had some really strange questions because the one morning I went out to a train accident mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people injured. Um, it was, it was, it was a very, a very hectic, very stressful mm-hmm. scene. And at the end, at the end of it, the last question that the presenter asked me was, okay, Jermaine, so you went out to this train accident. Tell me, can you predict, um, whether we expect any more train accidents like this later this year? And I thought, How? Okay. I'm sorry, my crystal ball isn't working yeah. today. I'm um, <laughs> sorry, it's on leave. <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that. Um, so yeah, you do tend to get, get some, some really interesting or weird yeah. questions and then you have to think on your feet. Mm. Um, and, and you have to be quick about it and you have to, luck, luckily I didn't work for TV at that stage, otherwise they would have seen me roll my eyes, which would have been bad. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't have sent a great message. Um, and you were saying how, the the situation you were in was stressful. How do you deal with stress like that? Yes, I think we're in a lot of a lot of stressful situations, especially like I was saying earlier with the protests um, and the marches. You know, we covered the fees must fall. There was a stage when we were working in 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 Johannesburg CBD and where we were working with helmets on because we were being thrown with rocks. Um, you wear a face mask, you're getting tear gas, you cover your face with a scarf. Um, it does get quite stressful and. I think 
you also hear a lot of really sad and really difficult stories with mm. the people you talk to. But what I do is I like to try and focus on not on the negativity. Um, so you try not to focus on the the the, the sad situation, mm. but rather on the difference that the story is going to make in other people's lives. So you try to focus on the on the positive and on the change that could come from it. Also, I mean, I talk. I'm a talker. That's mm. <laughs> I worked in radio. Obviously, I'm a yeah, talker. I mean, um, I really blame you. <laughs> and what what helps about that is I've got a great support system, mm. not just of friends but of colleagues as well. Yeah. And debriefing in that situation with people who know what you what you've been through and who kind of work in the same situations is very very necessary. Mm. So it's it's a great it's great to have a support system of people like minded people mm. who understand. And who can also help you through the more difficult times. And what's the most dangerous situation you've been in? Well, like I said, I, the, the protests are, mm. are probably quite hectic. Yeah. Um, I've, where we were working with helmets, we had rocks thrown at us, yeah. bottles from the high rise buildings in the CBD. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it was absolutely yeah. lovely. Um, three <laughs> o'clock, I nearly died. So much fun. <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, buses being set alight yeah. around us. Um, but also in those situations, very often you've got to not only keep an eye on the protesters, but on the police as well. Mm. Um, so that you don't get caught in, in between the two. Um, yeah. I had a bruise the size of a, <laughs> probably this, like about a 20 centimeter bruise on my, on my leg, um, where I got hit by a rock. Somebody had a slingshot that, um, he was. <laughs> what, what, what do you think? It's like, okay, so today I'm going to go to a protest. I'm going to bring water, food, and a slingshot. So the thing is, and, and that's something that, um, that a lot of people don't get is if you're in a situation like that, Nobody likes the journalists. Mm. <laughs> so the protesters think that you're on the police's side. The police think you're on the protesters' side. And what you're actually trying to do sort of is just to give people an accurate, fair idea of what's happening on both sides. Um, so we've seen it a lot in society as well at the moment where journalists are under massive public, professional and personal pressure. Um not not just from their listeners or from their readers, but from political parties, from civil society, um, and and at the end of the day, you're you're sitting with a situation where all people really want to do is their jobs. Mm. We're journalists. We just want to tell stories. We want to do our jobs, but there's so much interference mm. um, from from various role players in society, um, you know, within the newsroom, from outside the newsroom, mm. that. Journalists aren't able to do their job properly anymore. Yeah. Um, and do you just work for radio or do you write or do you? So I started off writing and taking mm-hmm. photos, like I said, for the community yeah. papers. Um, I then, um, after I studied, I started working in radio. And now I'm back to doing a little bit of everything. But one thing that's really important to remember with a career in journalism lately is there's no longer such a thing as just being a print journalist or just being a radio journalist or just being a TV journalist. Mm. We're expected to be everything. Journalists are expected to do more, to be more, and to cover more. So even if you're working in radio, you're expected to tweet, you're expected to do social media, you Mm. write, you take photos, you own a story. 
Yeah. Um, even if you're in print, you're still recording sound for podcasts for online. Mm. Um, there's no such thing as just being one specific type of journalist anymore. I think yeah. we're all moving more and more into the realm of of multimedia, mm-hmm. which is different platforms. Yeah. Um, and using those to tell your story more effectively, especially yeah. with tools that we have today. You know, 20 years ago, you needed a big video camera and you needed a recorder and you needed a, 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 a camera and you needed this and that. And then yeah. you need a laptop to send it in or a computer or a Maybe telephone. Your iPhone. And now you've got a cell phone. You've got a cell phone that does all of that, mm. which means that the news and the situations, it's so much more accessible because mm. it's not just me sending it out from my phone. You're receiving it in the palm of your hand, wherever you are. Yeah. You don't need to be near re- radio. You don't need to be near, near a TV. Yeah. Um, it's so much more immediate. And that also makes it so much more exciting and, and so much more powerful. Mm. Is that how you usually stay up with the current news or stuff? Or do you get an email from someone saying, listen, this is happening. You need to be there. So there are a few ways of, of, of getting stories. Obviously, it's very important to, to stay up to date if you are going to be working in news. So it's important to listen to the radio, to read newspapers. In terms of news stories coming in, we do get press releases. So um, certain organizations will send us their information. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. My, my phone is constantly glued to my hand. You can ask any of my loved ones. I think they sometimes want to throw me with it. Um, but it's so important to keep connected. The other thing that is really, really important is to build up a good contact base. So you have various people in various industries, in various areas that you build relationships with. They learn to trust you. You learn to trust them. And then they start giving you information through. So whether it be people within the police, within certain neighborhoods, within certain communities, um, within the emergency services, you, you build up those relationships and you use that to further your stories, to either get the stories or to further them. And what you say you have to follow through a story. How? What is your longest story you've had to do? Oh, goodness. Um, I started... Right when I just just finished, um, I, w- I was very newly qualified, and I um, I started covering a court case, and it was a court case of a, a tennis player, Bob Hewitt, who um, was accused of of various sexual offences with mm-hmm. with girls he used to coach. The court case itself was about three or four weeks, mm-hmm. and after that. I decided to write a book about it. And after that, I had to follow through even more. So then you pull the court yeah. transcripts. You So the whole process was probably about a year-long process where yeah. I, I followed up in the story because we have something that's called a news cycle. Mm. And and that's how news gets spray, sprayed. So you start off with a tweet. Mm. You get your breaking news and you tweet it out. You then write something for the news bulletins, the ones that we hear like we hear here at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock every mm. hour on the hour. And then you expand the story to make it bigger. Yeah. And then you follow up further. And especially with court cases where every day you're sitting in court, you're listening, mm. you get to know the role players, you get to know the yeah. people, you get to know their stories. And, and so you follow through. And... Then you get your longer articles, then you get your newspaper pieces, your magazine pieces, which are even longer. 
And eventually, a book is really just long-form yeah. journalism. Yeah. And because that's what journalism is at the end of the day. Mm. We always like to say it's the first draft of history. That's actually very clever. So we're involved in the first draft of history. But by taking a story through to maybe book form, you're cementing it. Mm. And and that's that's a very special process to yeah. be a part of. So listen, we're going to play a song now. Do you think we'll okay ask you a few questions after? Absolutely. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Car Kids for Kids Bar Kids. My name is Abby Feldman and I'm here with Jermaine in studio. Hi. Well, we've said hi before. Let's get back Hello to again. Let's get back to a few questions. So one of the questions I wanted to ask you was, what's the craziest place you've been as a journalist? Yes, that's, it's, <laughs> it's so difficult to choose because one of the things about journalism is it takes you it takes you somewhere new every day. You know, one day you can be reporting from a convention center in Santon and the next day you'll be running in the townships. And the day after that, you could be in a nature reserve covering a conservation story. But I must say, one one of the strangest things that ever happened was while I was, or one of, one of the craziest things is while we were recording, I was in a game reserve, Madikwe Game Reserve, and they had a full moon drumming session for rhinos to raise mm-hmm. funds for rhinos and also, um, you know, to help with some of the conservation efforts to increase traffic in the park so that the poachers couldn't move around so easily. Yeah. So they had this about a hundred international guests gathered in the middle of the bush, yeah. in the circle, busy with the drumming. And they had somebody leading it. And in between, he was telling stories. And I was sitting and I was recording him busy with his storytelling and recording the drumming. Mm. And the next minute, he stopped. Somebody came into the circle and in the middle of, of, they stopped him in the middle of a sentence and whispered something in his ear. And I thought, well, geez, they could really have waited until he at least finished his sentence. That's kind of rude. And the next thing he said, Okay, guys, what I need to do is I need you to give us a drum. Just everybody just hit on your drums really loud, really loud, really loud. And everybody kind of thought it was part of the game, all of the guests, and they started drumming, drumming, drumming. But in the background, I heard the radio starting to crackle. And I moved just outside the circle. And 30 meters from where these 100 international guests were was a pride of lions. That had started moving towards the drumming. They were obviously really curious about what was happening in their bush. (laughs) And through everything, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm here for this conservation story. I would just run to the middle. And and, and I'm going to have to tell the story about how in an effort to try and save the rhinos. Yeah, we nearly got killed by a lion. We almost got eaten by lions. Um, so it's, it's, it's always exciting. It's always yeah, different. It's always something and new. You never know what to expect. And that, like I said, that's, that's one of the things that makes journalism so much fun for me. Do you say like that would be one of your best memories as a journalist? Oh, absolutely. Um, that, that would, that would definitely be <laughs> top be, of the, and you know, the amazing thing is, is it takes you so many places. Mm. So, um, from, from places in the free state to, um, I was recently, as I mentioned, in Nisna with mm. the fires where I got to see a little bit of, of, yeah. of the devastation there. But, but I don't know if I'd ever be able to sit in a, in an office surrounded, yeah. surrounded by four walls and looking at the same four walls every day. Mm. And that's one thing about journalism that it affords you. It affords you that opportunity to get out, to travel. Even when I go on holiday, 
Now, I recently went to the Middle East and mm-hmm. I've been sitting and thinking, gosh, I really need to write a travel piece. Yeah. And you're not limited to South Africa. Um, now that I've gone, I've started doing freelance journalism, I recently, um, you know, started writing for some international mm-hmm. um, publications as well, which just expands your audience, it expands your, your, your views, your horizons. And um, it makes you think about life and about your own country and about the world in in such a different way. Mm. And um, what what really intrigued me about the sentence is you said you went to the Middle East. What do you see, think you saw anything that stood out there or anything like that? As I think it's just it's just the absolute the absolute culture shock mm. for me. Um, but that's why I travel. Yeah, because travel isn't supposed to make me comfortable. A foreign country isn't supposed to make you comfortable. No. It's there to make its its residents comfortable. Yeah, and um, I think one of the amazing things about being a South African mm. is that you get a lot less of a culture shock than anybody else in the world would. Yeah, we're so used to diversity. We're so used to to different cultures. Different religious groups, different racial groups, different ethnic groups. That to us, it's almost commonplace. Yeah. Um, you, you, you really, um, it's, it's not something strange if you meet somebody who isn't like you. Mm. And, um, and, and that to me, I think is, is very amazing. What, obviously what, what did strike me about the Middle East is I never imagined that it would be ideal for a beach holiday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the, the beaches, the coast, everything beautiful. is amazing. Um, I envisioned, I don't know, more sand, less water. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but like I said, that's, that's another amazing thing about, about, about traveling and about listening to people, meeting mm-hmm. new people, hearing their stories is that it really, it changes your mindset. Yeah. It breaks the stereotypes. And it just it opens your mind to a whole a whole different way of looking at things. And I would like love to do this, and I would love to be a journalist. But what would you say for the people who have severely ADHD? How do you think they could become a journalist and be a journalist? Oh, gosh, I think severe ADHD is yeah. is what a lot of journalists actually run on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, do do you need anything more ideal than a situation that never puts you in the same situation? Yeah. You're never going to be but bored. I guess it's like you have to like follow through a story, which I guess that would be hard. You do, but you know what? You're never following through in the same way. It's constant simulation. Yeah. It's constantly speaking to new people, hearing different views. You're on the go the whole time. Um, so, yes, if you have... ADHD maybe an AKA me. A, maybe an office <laughs> job is not ideal, but I can very well imagine that a situation where you're constantly simulated, mm. where you you get to follow through, you get to follow up, you you get to channel that energy into yeah. something, but you also get to channel it into something so important. Yeah. Um like I said, I, I think I, I know I know a lot of journalists that that function that way, and I think that's what makes them amazing at what yeah. they do. I feel like I would be like talking to like a protest or something. I'd be like, "So what do you feel like? Oh, that's pl- that flower's pretty." <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I would just like switch. You know what? Um, it's it's sometimes it's a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah, and and sometimes it's it's good to take note of what's happening around you. Um, mm. listening to people, following through, and and not sticking to the question sheet. 
Yeah. Because you know what? That's important. It's important to not necessarily stick to the five questions you've got in front of you because you might have them. Mm. But get distracted by what the person across from you is saying. Yeah. Take note. Deviate. That's good. That's how you get to the story at the end of the day. That's how you get to the story behind the story. That's how you get to the bigger issue. And sometimes by listening not to the response of the person in front of you, the politician in the suit, but from what's being shouted from the crowd. Yeah. That's how you get to the real issue at hand. And do you have any more tips for people who want to become journalists? Mm. Look, I think it's important to study. It's important to learn the skills that you're going to need. Um, But at the end of the day, write, tell stories, find topics or beats that interest you and and read up about them. And to me, journalism, it's something you do, but it's also something you are. Mm. So write and tell stories and listen to stories. And I think it's also important to say that even if you don't want to be a journalist, that's okay. But understand the importance of journalism in our society. Stand up for journalists, for media freedom, for what they do. Don't allow people to to distort or or silence the voices that we're trying to give a platform to. And fight for the truth and for your right to know the truth. Even if you're not the one telling the stories, fight Mm -hmm. for your right to hear those stories. Even if you don't want to be a journalist, because like the freedom of speech and freedom of the press is one of our fundamental freedoms. Yeah. And it's a freedom that if you take that away, we don't have other freedoms. Yeah. And as soon as those, those freedoms, like without it, we, we can't protect those other freedoms. Yeah. So I think uh, what it comes down to is if you want to be a journalist, that's fantastic. We need, we need good, strong voices and good, strong people out there telling everyday stories of people. Um, and, and, you know, working to use those stories to make the world a better place. Mm. But we also need people who are going to stand up for the journalists and yeah. for their rights to tell those stories. And we've discussed what you love about journalism and the, all of that. What don't you particularly like about journalism? Look, journalism is very fast-paced. Um, it's yeah. very competitive, which can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. Yeah. Because... Very often, what you see today is that people are pushing so hard to get the story out first, to break the story, to to be the first to have it, that they're not checking their facts. Mm. Um, and you know, if if you're gossiping in the coffee in the coffee room um, at mm. your at your work or around the you know the sports field at school, it's bad. But if you're putting that out to hundreds of thousands of people, yeah, you know. You're ruining lives. You're distorting the truth. And, and that's bad. As I mentioned also, there's a lot of public, professional and personal pressure on, on journalists at the moment. Um, there's an old saying that says, if somebody isn't angry about what you've written, then you haven't done your job. Because journalism is supposed to scratch. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to open those wounds. It's supposed to, it's, it's supposed to expose what's happening. Um, one of the cons about journalism at the moment is, as I mentioned earlier, the editorial interference um, in the newsrooms, the pressure to push agendas and not news, not stories. Um, there's, there are also a lot, of, a lot of death threats and a lot of attacks happening against journalists at the moment. Yeah. And that's, I think, why it's also important for me to state that, <clears throat> that we need people to stand up. I lost a very close friend last, mm-hmm. last two weeks ago. 
um, Suna Fenter. She was one of the SABC eight. She was one of eight journalists who got fired last year for standing up against editorial interference in the newsroom. The stress and trauma that she was under, um, she was experiencing death threats. She was, she was being attacked just for wanting to do her job. And eventually, the way we understand it, her heart couldn't handle it anymore. And, and she died doing what she loved. Mm. Um, and, and it's, it's sad. I think that's one of the things I'm struggling with at the moment is that we live in a society where journalists who are just trying to do their jobs are just trying to tell the truth, mm. um, that they're actually being targeted. So that's something that, that I don't like about journalism at the more, at the moment. And that's something I don't like about society at the moment is yeah. that people are allowing it and that our politicians aren't taking a stand. Um, but, I also know of one way that we can change that, mm. and that's through journalism. That's yeah. through doing good journalism and covering good stories and exposing that kind of stuff. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's one of those issues in society that we need to tackle, and I think journalism is the way to do it. Um, and you saying, like, do the right thing and um, try to focus on what's good and right, how would you do... Well, tell someone who's shy and doesn't know what to do and gets influenced easily. How would you tell them and what advice would you give them to stand up and do what they need to do? How do you think? You know what? I think there are different ways of standing up and there are different ways of making your voice heard. If you're an introvert, you don't have to sit in front of a microphone. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be in front of a TV camera. Right. Right from yeah. your dark little corner in your bedroom, on your laptop at midnight. But get your voice out there. There are other ways also of um, of standing up. Not not every protest and not not every um, not every cause has to be marched down the street. Yeah. In yourself, in in your heart, you can take a stand and start by influencing those closest to you. You don't need to address millions of people at once. Mm. Start by talking to the people around you. Start by talking to the people you're comfortable with. Start by breaking down those stereotypes. Start by standing for something, even even if it is just within yourself, even if you are standing quietly. Mm. But take that stand. Yeah. What is the most popular kind of story you cover as a journalist? Well, I think it, it really does depend. You've got a, a number of different, um, different types of listeners, different type of readers. Um, a lot of people will, and, and it also depends on the platform. So your emotional stories, kind of your one-on-one interactions work really well on radio because you're bringing a voice right into somebody's, right into somebody's living room, you know, right into their car. It's really personal. Um, Obviously, the breaking news, if you're on social media, that's where the people want car accidents, traffic updates, um, what's happening where and when is it happening and has it cleared up yet. So it, it really does depend on, on that type of thing. Um, but I, to me, radio mm-hmm. is, is, has always been my first love yeah. and it's always been one of the most, most popular and most powerful um, ways of telling a story yeah. because also radio you don't need electricity to listen to a radio 
Yeah. You don't need a television to listen to a radio. Um, you can listen to it from anywhere. Mm. And, and that's what makes it so, so powerful and so strong. And, and why it really is kind of the communication medium of the masses. Um, we're running out of time. Thank you so much for coming in today. Um, um, we're going to play a song and then we'll get back to everything.